And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. The only podcast you need for your business. Let's do this. Welcome to the Sales versus Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Join me as we explore and demystify the latest trends, technologies, and strategies used to achieve massive growth and 10x businesses. I'll be sitting down with sales, marketing, and business leaders to dissect what's worked for them, dispel myths, and deliver actionable insights that you can use to ensure repeatable, sustainable, and predictable revenue in your business. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Sales versus Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and today we are sitting down with Swish Goswami. Now, Swish, I'm very excited to speak because he he's a young entrepreneur, but don't let uh, his age obviously influence your opinion or, or what he's done because his experience has passed. Uh, he's had six started six impact, high-impact ventures in four different industries. He has been um, a LinkedIn youth editor. He's been a Fortune 500 consultant to Google and American Express. He has participated in a venture capital firm um, founded by uh, Brooklyn Nets point forward Trevor Booker. Uh, he has uh, been a UN youth ambassador and spoken at UN sessions. He's been a three-time TEDx speaker um, and all around just a very impressive individual. Right now, um, he's working on uh, on an organization where he's uh, founder CEO TrueFan, um, which we're going to speak about in a bit. But first, um, I'm going to throw it over to Swish and just get a sense of his origin story. And you know, like Swish, Swish, like uh, tell us like how how you accomplished this. What motivated you to sort of go out and do all these incredible things and be so successful? And then how did you actually do it? Yeah. So firstly, yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I think kind of two factors early on uh, really helped set the tone for my life. One is having a really strong support system that was brutally honest with me about what I like and don't like. So my brother, for example, is a lawyer right now. Um, growing up, going to college, I wanted to be a lawyer. He was actually the first person to give me a reality check of what being a lawyer even entailed and how 98% of what happens in the TV show suits is actually not what happens in the life of a lawyer. Um, <laughs> and then I think secondly, just an innate drive, you know, and something that I don't know if it can ever be taught. I don't know if it's something you're born with, but um, coming from Singapore, um, where the education system is way quicker, when I moved to Canada when I was eight years old, um, I just found school very easy. And it gave me a lot of time to do a lot of extracurricular. So I was in dance, I was playing basketball, I was playing volleyball, I was playing cricket, I was debating. Um, it allowed me to kind of get my interests in various fields and then start this interesting you know, pattern of curiosity that was just throughout my childhood. Anytime I was very interested in something, instead of just thinking about it, I was actually going to go and try it out and do it. Um, so that innate drive and that curiosity was definitely the second thing that's brought me to where I am right now. So... I want to, I want to learn that after, so that is, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that the strong support system is, is probably what has enabled you to be successful. Uh, definitely yeah. at the beginning, um, because that mm -hmm. mentorship, because a lot of people I think may not have that if they're, if, especially if their family isn't like a, an entrepreneurial go-getter type family. But, um, so, so what's coming, I want to just understand like coming out of, you know, okay, so you are a go-getter, you are, you are motivated. Um, you you've had six companies obviously i i'm assuming there's been a lot of struggle a lot of stress oh, what yeah. Has, yeah like i i know entrepreneurs are like one company that like you know like lose all their hairs year one so like so 
how, and also outside of just building a company, what motivated you to build out your brand? Because totally. company is one thing, uh, brand is everything else. And then we can start to speak about what you're doing now. Yes. I mean, ever, ever since I was in high school, I was interested in business. Um, one of the first companies I created was actually part of a program called Junior Achievement. Um, it's a Canadian-wide program helping high school students to come together and learn how to build a business and then sell product within six months. And uh, we built a custom lapel pins company. We sold about $27,000 worth of pins in six months, became Southwest Alberta's company of the year. We were nominated for Canada's company of the year. And um, that was a really awesome way for me to show my parents that the lawyer, engineer, doctor route might not be right for me. Because my parents mm -hmm. weren't entrepreneurial. My brother definitely wasn't entrepreneurial. I didn't come from a family that encouraged entrepreneurship. Um, but I was also blessed that I didn't come from a family that discouraged entrepreneurship. So they were just neutral. They didn't know what to think about it. But when they saw, you know, all right, cool, six months, the program, he did really well. The company did really well. Maybe there's something there. Um, in high school, I started a nonprofit called Canada Thinks, leveraged my debate network, which was fairly global because I was debating for Team Canada, to get these people from various countries to go home and start conferences and to take all the proceeds from those conferences and put it into a youth fund that would only fund youth startups. Um, and then past that, I think in first and second year university, my mind just went to a bunch of ideas. And honestly, some of those ideas failed. You know, I wanted to start a food distribution app called FoodShare with Quinn, one of my best friends at the University of Toronto in first year. Um, and we built out a prototype of the application and it didn't work because of regulation. It's uh, legal to make money off donated food. Um, and secondly, just we didn't have the focus, I think, that you need to try to get an app like that to get off the ground. So it wasn't like everything that I started had just become gold. Um, I'd actually say it's quite the contrary. But I think especially in the last two years with TrueFan, the biggest thing that we've learned, uh, and by we, I mean my co-founder and I and the rest of the team now that's 13 people strong, we've really learned to just hone in on our skills and focus in on what makes us special. And the best part about it is we can now do that on a daily basis because of the fact that we have other people to count upon and trust. Um, I forgot the second part of your question, so could you repeat that? Yeah. <laughs> um, now I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I'm actually that's something that I shouldn't do. I I hate compounding questions because of this exact reason. But I got excited, so I apologize. Yeah, no, no, no worries. No worries. Um, I, you know, I I actually can't remember what I asked, but I I was as you were speaking. Um, and oh, I just wanted actually I wanted to speak about Truefan, and I but I wanted to sort of line it up so you do a lot of speaking engagements. So you've mm -hmm. you spoken at the UN, you've spoken, I guess, uh, well, up to what I've researched three times at TEDx. I don't know if you've done more, but you've done World Business no, Dialogue. Three, three is good enough for me. <laughs> good enough. So whenever you speak, there's obviously like a passion behind yeah. the, the things that you deliver to audiences. And obviously there's something that, that's there that people can relate to. So has that, what is that? What is, what is your topic that you love to sort of uh, speak about? And has that influenced what you're working on now? I, I don't know. I'm just, this is something. Totally. And this actually yeah. kind of made me remember your other part of the question too, which was why the, why the impetus to start a personal brand? Yes. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, so I'll tie it into the other. I think the, the reason why I wanted to create a brand as well is because I realized that whether you want one or not, you have a personal brand. Um, and that's very important uh, when someone searches you up they are immediately going to get some results back. And I would like those results to be as favorable and positive towards me. Um, and I'd like those results to hopefully be a summation of what I've done and what I'm good at. Um, so that's honestly why. I think the later reason and the reason that I love continuing to share content on a platform like LinkedIn or a platform like Instagram is just the community building aspect. I find that to be very rewarding. Um, it can definitely tie back towards TrueFan. Um, we have had some people in my community who've come on as employees, as interns, as clients. Um, we've also had people that are championing TrueFan and telling their friends about it. Um, and it's been great from a branding perspective to have that sort of community aspect to our company. Um, and that really starts with individuals at TrueFan starting to share their life and tidbits of their life on social media. Um, I think in terms of speaking, obviously coming from a debate background, I loved speaking. And once you stop debating, you definitely want to find another way to get on stage and tell people what you believe. And speaking was that outlet for me. So right now, I, I mainly speak on two topics. Uh, number one is I love talking about the future of marketing. 
and talking about customer engagement and one-to-one marketing and how certain paradigms of marketing, like influencer marketing or paid advertising are changing and where the direction of those trends are going. The second thing um, is I love talking about mental health. And this is a talk that I've given at fair, a fair amount of universities now across the continent is talking about how to be able to become a professional, but still manage your mental health and still be in check. Uh, and that's a very important topic for me, um, especially because of the people around me and some of the people that have faced mental health illnesses um, and just, you know, the feeling of being helpless and not being able to talk to them and understand what they're going through. Um, that's something that I definitely wouldn't want anyone to go through. I think that um, I, I want to just have a, a quick section, um, very, very brief on on the mental health aspect, because I think the, the future of marketing will sort of dovetail into true fan. Yeah. Um, so for for the mental health of individuals within organizations, entrepreneurs, um, what what is the the high level messaging, um, like the the true takeaways that can help people understand that uh, a high performing individual uh, needs to focus on their mental health, and and what what sort of avenues can they take to sort of um, make sure that they they have an outlet to engage with, or I I don't know all the nuances yeah. of. But I, I really just want to like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, I think the two biggest takeaways from any of the talks that I give mental health are this. One, everyone has mental health. Um, I think, you know, obviously there's a stigma still associated towards it. It's definitely gotten better in the last five to 10 years. But the fact is that every single person can relate to this topic, whether or not you have an illness. So you don't need to be a schizophrenic. You don't need to have bipolar in order to be able to empathize with mental health and in order to understand it. I do believe that mental health is on a spectrum um, and it goes from one side to another side. And on any given day, you will fluctuate on that spectrum. You're not always going to be ultra happy. You're not always going to be very sad. Um, And so it's worth noting that you can be a part of this conversation and you should be. The second thing is to note that in a world where we're inundated with a lot of technology and um, there's so many apps online for you to be able to meditate, you don't need to go to that extent, I think, in order to be able to check up on your mental health. I think even taking 10, 15 minutes aside every Sunday to go for a walk or to just sit at a table with no agenda of what to do, but just to think about how your week went those reflections that you'll do every week, every day, every month for yourself will really go a long way. So I think the, the standard that I'm trying to get people to live up to isn't that high. You don't need to download Calm and be an active yeah. user on it. You just need to find time to check in with yourself. I think that's incredibly important for especially entrepreneurs um, when they're you know, essentially going through a lot of things on their own, but also people mm-hmm. within organizations that may feel like, again, that stigma that they you know, just because I'm stressed at work doesn't mean I have to go look for help or whatnot. They're, they're, I think people should proactively monitor their, their mental health and well-being um, because we're always on and it's yep. very difficult, you know. So, yep. Yep. Um, okay, let's, let's speak about uh, the second favorite topic, which is probably why TrueFan exists. Yeah. So the future of marketing, uh, the uh-huh. paradigm shifts, influencer marketing, social media, um, like the amount of access that we have. So what, what spawned TrueFan? And what, what is TrueFan? Let's walk through that. Let's walk through what is TrueFan and how it came to be. Sure. So what is TrueFan? TrueFan is a social intelligence platform. That's how we branded it. And I'll explain what that means a bit later. But we're a social intelligence platform that helps brands engage with their grassroots communities. So those grassroots communities are made up of your brand advocates, your super fans, but they're also made up of micro-influencers that are following you, they're engaging with your content, and they have local influence. So instead of finding people that are not connected with you, they're not aligned with your product or service, but they have a million followers, Onik and I believe that if you go after TrueFan and you buy our product and go empower your end consumers that have local influence, you are likely going to be better off. And those engagements will be cheaper. Those engagements will yield better results. That's what TrueFan is all about. The original impetus to start the idea came about two years ago. Um, The first iteration of what we wanted to build was just a simple platform to help any celebrity or any brand come on and just find their top fans so that they could reward them. So if you're releasing an album, you should be able to give a sneak peek of that album to your top 10, 15 fans. 
Um, if you have a product coming out, you should be able to get all your user testing done through your top brand advocates. Um, where I think we've gone towards, and especially with the acquisition we made three months ago, we've become a very all-encompassing audience analytics platform that doesn't just have the capabilities of being able to help you find the top 20% of your audience, but we now have the ability to be able to take your entire following and give you the tools to be able to filter that following and find an audience that you want to market to, whether it's based on location, the keywords that your audience has in their bio, how many followers they have, are they verified, there's a number of filters that we give you to be able to slice and dice your audience. Have you ever, um, you, you, you know who Seth Godin is, correct? Yep, um, I actually yes. even chatted with Seth Godin twice. Um, oh yeah, so he's Skype. a big advocate of yeah. like, tribe, building your core tribe when you're Absolutely. taking a product. So Absolutely. That, that sounds like you're, you're, you're building out like a SaaS product and like you're almost like codifying uh, some of the concepts that he speaks about a lot. And like, he's like a, a marketing genius. Like, so I totally, I totally get this. but I don't see a lot of companies doing this. If any. Yeah. Yeah. Honest. And a lot of, a lot of brand, like we, we, you know, co my co-founder and I attended a conference in California um, recently, and it was called the brand week conference. And we heard a lot of brand managers from fortune 500s come up and say, we want to empower our customers. We want, to, we want to be able to activate our own audience and not have to rely on external influencers. Um, but what we found so ironic is that's what we believed two years ago. The industry hadn't tilted towards that direction yet. And now we're starting to see this trend towards finding organic influencers, people that are directly aligned with you. They don't charge as much. They have higher engagement rates and they're already aligned with your brand because they already buy from it. That's the trend that we're seeing right now. Um, but I definitely think the problem that TrueFan is trying to target has evolved as well. You know, two years ago, we had a simple problem. We were like, customer loyalty doesn't go two ways. And a lot of brands aren't factoring in social media data when they think about customer loyalty. But now, the problem that we've identified is way bigger. Um, we've identified a problem within paid advertising and within influencer marketing. And it's what we believe is a bubble that is going to explode. So, so walk, walk me through that problem that you've discovered and, and why, is it, why is it such an issue that's going to eventually like, explode? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. so paid, paid advertising has four key problems. And by paid advertising, I mean Instagram, Google, Facebook ads. Um, yeah. The first problem is ad fraud. So click farms, domain laundering are leading to a lot of money being wasted. Um, about $50 billion to $150 billion in the next five years is going to be lost due to ad fraud. Second big issue is that ad blockers are on the rise. So my co-founder and I both have our ad blockers on on YouTube. About 40% of North American YouTube users have ad blockers on, and that number is only rising globally. The third is that brands have no clue where their ads are being put on. You know, I know Verizon and JP Morgan last year had issues where their ads were being put on top of racist YouTube content. And that's a big issue, right? Imagine waking yeah. up as a PR manager and being like, well, I had no control in this, but now we have a PR crisis to deal with. Yeah. And then the fourth and final reason on why paid advertising, in my opinion, is a bubble that will burst is we think there's a difference between selection effect and advertising effect. So I'll give you an example to describe this. Imagine that we were all in a pizza store and um, you, know, you and I were employees at the pizza store I, we were told, all right, the, the person who sells the most is going to win this month's challenge. You decided to go outside the store and start trying to give coupons that way. Instead of doing that, I beat you by staying inside the store and giving coupons to people that were in line already. That's mm -hmm. literally what paid advertising is, is there's no way to truly understand whether advertisements are going towards people that didn't already have buying intent. So the ads that you're showing as Puma to shoe lovers how do you know that you're actually hitting an audience that wasn't already going to buy from you? That's something that brand marketeers right now cannot, they cannot figure out. And it's a big issue behind why a lot of times their paid advertising spend goes to waste. So we think like this is all bad. And obviously a lot of that money is going to shift towards influencer marketing. The influencer marketing industry will become an $11 billion industry by the end of the year. It's only grow, growing every single year. But influencer marketing and the way it was done previously is also problematic. My co-founder and I noted that um, a lot of times brands have been spending frivolously on influencers that have fake engagement, they have fake followers. Um, just because they have the million followers, people will pay them. 
Um, and the big metric that a lot of brands are trying to look for is impressions, views. They're not trying to look for conversion. So we think there's a much better model. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn Jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn Jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. ...of influencer marketing that you can do, and that's through our platform, by empowering your own audience made up of super fans, brand advocates, and micro-influencers that will likely yield better results in the long term. Now, do you still see, um, because that is always, that, that's always the issue with influencer marketing, right? It's not measurable to the same extent as paid, but now you're saying, well, what's the point of measuring paid if it's, if it's already going towards people that are already totally. buying? So- yeah. Um, how do you solve for like even even yeah. so I, I I totally understand where you're going with true fan with with like you're niching down into these micro influencers with like hyper targeted like great engagement but yep. how do you remove um I guess the aversion to throwing money in and still not seeing it like how do you know that they're authentic they're genuine even totally. if they're smaller Great question so there's a couple of answers to that A is we actually have added in an element of measurement to be able to allow you to measure before and after a campaign how it did. Um, so first of all, when you come onto our platform, you're actually able to see every single profile and you're able to see how many fake followers they have. Um, mm-hmm. We actually have like an accuracy rate now of about 98%. Um, we did that through the previous founders of Social Rank. Um, they bought a bunch of fake accounts. They built out an ML program to be able to analyze which were fake followers and which were not. Um, so for us, the first thing right off the bat is you know you can test these people before you even reach out to them to see how many fake followers they have and to also really understand, all right, does this person have an audience that I'm not already targeting? You can do that. You can take their audience, you can take your audience, and you can do an overlap to see how many people overlap between this influencer's audience and my brand's profile. And if it's a lot, maybe you don't want to work with them because you're not going to reach a new audience by working with them. So you can validate an influencer even before a campaign starts. After the campaign is done, you can measure the results of that campaign by going back and looking at that same overlap. Because hopefully, if that campaign was done well, there are going to be some people that trickle over from that influencer's following into yours. And that's something that's important to measure, especially over time. So a key example that we always talk about is Sprite and LeBron James. They signed a partnership a few years ago. It's worth noting that we can actually go back to 2018 and see what the brand overlap is between LeBron James's followers and Sprite. It was, I think, about 200,000 people. Now, let's take a look at it in 2020. Has that number grown? Has Sprite truly got a benefit from having LeBron James as a brand ambassador? That's something that we can quantify on our platform. Now... So this is this is all great, and I I I I believe in what you're saying. But what about the paid ad platforms that the influencers are on that are constantly trying to take, in theory, like you, you hear about the algorithm changing, 
Um, you know, Instagram is no longer showing the same organic reach to uh, an influencer's following as it once did. And, you know, the conspiracy theories that they want to take some of that ad revenue and turn it into paid ads on, on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. So all these companies have like billions of dollars, but influencers are just these small little sole proprietors, mostly. How do they, how do they combat like the changing algorithms to stay relevant? Um, what, like, what do you see the future of that sort of dichotomy looking like? Yeah, I think, look, there are going to be a bunch of influencers that truly care about the algorithm. I think the ones that are going to win in the long term are going to have a key focus beyond just the algorithm on their community. Like, I think it goes a long way when you can go out of your way and reward your community, make them feel loved, make them truly, truly believe in the message that you're sharing. So the number one example of someone that I think has done this really well in my opinion is David Dobrik. Um, you take a look at it. It doesn't matter what way the Instagram algorithm goes. His videos are still going to go viral. His photos are still going to have millions of likes and millions of people commenting. And the reason why is people have fallen in love with who he is. They find him authentic. And more importantly, he actually cares about his community. He reaches out to them. He rewards them with merchandise. He spends time doing live stream and answering their questions. These are the people that I think are generally going to win. And that's what I've actually an effect done on LinkedIn as well. Obviously, it's not such a big scale as a David Dobrik, but the reason why LinkedIn is still a big platform for me, despite three years of algorithm changes, is because I've invested a lot of time in talking to my community, whether it's talking to them on the phone on a five-minute call or talking to them in the comments where I still, to date, try to reply to every single comment that I get. So do you, do you think that um, that that mentality, like the, the trying to play the algorithm is going to be essentially the death of, of fake influencers? And if influencers, if there could be like one lesson for people that are trying to sort of take their, their brand, their influencer brand into the, the next, um, I guess, you know, into the future of marketing, it would be to, mm-hmm. to truly build out and be authentic with your community. Um, that's, that's really the only way to win. And I really think actually, it is. Yeah. I, I really think it is because I think the three things, you know, building a brand, the three things it comes down to is content, community, and collaboration. Collaboration is something some people can do, some people can. It depends where you are. If you're in LA, um, you're probably going to be able to find other influencers to collaborate with, do videos with, take photos with, write articles with, whatever. If you're in, I don't know, Missouri or whatever, like, or St. Yeah. Louis, it might be a little more difficult compared to LA to be able to find those people. Content is something that can differentiate you as well. But the way that we're, you know, we're inundated again with like so many pieces of content every single day, you know, as a consumer, we're, we're bombarded with sponsored posts on top of sponsored posts. It's really hard these days to stick out unless you're Mr. Beast and you're able to put $500,000 into a video doing a crazy stunt that nobody's ever done before. That's a really hard way to differentiate yourself as well. So I do think that the golden egg then is community. I think the way to be able to differentiate yourself is to have a very strong focus to who are my top fans? How do I mobilize them, activate them and make them feel valued for their loyalty? That's what I think like building a brand, community building, and even true fan really comes down to. Now, do you have, um, cause I would love to, I would love to understand like some of like case studies that TrueFan has worked on that have mm-hmm. shown measurable success. Can you speak to, to some things like that that could really drive the point home for people that totally. first of all are, are, they may not be comfortable with influencer marketing yet, or if they are, they don't understand, um, or have ever been, ex- have any experience with doubling down on marketing to like their own following. Yes, I'll give you some examples. Some of these examples were were also examples of how customers in the last three or four years were using SocialRank, the platform that we bought out in November. Um, So, you know, the first is the Red Cross. About two, three years ago, the Red Cross used our platform um, to be able to find volunteers that could come out and help them with their initiatives. They they went online. um, They found people that were using the hashtag or were mentioning the Red Cross in posts. And they were reaching out to those people and asking them to join their volunteer base. The second example, um, this is a current client of ours, is Netflix. Netflix is currently using our platform, not even for marketing, but just to make strategic business decisions by understanding, all right, 
we're, what, what is the main audience that is watching Orange is the New Black? What is the main audience that's watching Stranger Things? And let's understand what sort of programming we can put out next that might be able to either cater to these audiences or cater to an entirely different audience that we haven't tapped into. Um, and this is very vital, especially because of the fact that platforms like Netflix are also trying to cater to an international audience now. They're trying to build original programming, not just in North America, but in other places like India where the entire cultural paradigm is very different in those countries. Um, the third example I'd bring up is United Talent Agency, still an existing customer. Um, and, and they use it for being able to find brand affinities between their talent and brands that they're trying to work with. So one of their key talent is Chris Pratt. Um, if Chris Pratt tomorrow wanted to work with a watch brand, they could come onto our platform, they could run Hublot watches, they could run Chris Pratt's account, find the brand overlap very easily, and see, all right, is there a big overlap? If there's a big overlap, then let's go to Hublot and tell them that this is a seamless partnership. If there isn't a big overlap, that still could be spun in a good way because we could go to Hublot and say, hey, do you want to reach out to an audience that genuinely doesn't follow Hublot right now? So it's kind of a win-win for them. If there's a big yeah. similarity, even if there isn't a big similarity, they can spin it using data in a way that can make that deal happen a lot quicker. I like that a lot. Um, it makes a lot of sense, um, and and I understand what you're doing. I wanted to I wanted to sort of tee this up um, with a couple like insight questions through your experience. But before I I get into that, um, I just wanted to open the floor for anything in terms of like future of marketing or what True Fans doing. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to? No, to talk about? no. I, I think I, honestly, I'm very impressed with myself. Normally, I'm not very good at describing uh, what we do at that level. But uh, I'm pretty happy. No, it, with myself, so appreciate it. <laughs> no, my pleasure. It was really good. It makes a ton of sense, and uh, and I've never I've never heard of a tech that does what TrueFan does. And I don't like to um, be so evangelistic about products or, or specific companies on the podcast. But I think it's very relevant because it's it's so different from everything else that I've seen out there. Like there's a lot of influencer marketing firms, agencies, but not at this level. Like really, in all seriousness, like that do what you do. So. It's very cool to hear like how companies are actually using it. Um, you've been a six, six time, well, is it six time entrepreneur or is it more? You've done a six. six? six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Again, as I said at the very beginning, um, some of those did not work out. Um, but very happy with the work that I've done in the last three years with um, a wearables company, being able yeah. to build Dunk with uh, my roommate in New York who had started the account in 2013. And then now with TrueFan. So, so my question to you is, um, sometimes I ask the question, like, would you do it again? But you've done it six times. So that's a stupid question to ask. So. <laughs> but I would <laughs> ask. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, what's, uh, what's the next venture? Give it like another year or two. Uh, but uh, so I'll ask another question. Um, and this is a very vanilla question, but I like asking it because it, everyone interprets a question differently and they really lay into it. So it's good. It gives some good insight for people that are sort of younger in their career. Um, one lesson that you would tell yourself, younger self, um, a professional lesson uh, that would help you get to where you are a little bit quicker? Yeah. Um, so are you looking for like my main yeah, like, let's do it. piece of advice? Yeah, some advice. Yeah. Some, some advice you tell your younger self. Yeah, I think the, I mean, if I was looking back at like the 18-year-old Swish. Um, yeah, no, I know you're not old, so it's like yeah. <laughs> Four years ago, I, I, would, yeah. I, would, I would tell him, first of all, don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, I think this is something that my brother told me and his words have still kind of rung a bell in my ear because a lot of times I think I freak out by being like, oh my God, there's so much to do um, and I need to do this quickly. And like, you feel like you're in a race with not only yourself, maybe your friends, maybe society, maybe what people are telling you to do. Just don't sweat the small stuff. You know, I think every single person is on their own path. Um, every single person hopefully will find success at their own given time. Don't rush that process, enjoy that process and take away as much as you can from it. Um, I think number two is uh, my, another the piece of, uh, of advice that my brother gave me is don't eat the marshmallow. Um, and what that means is there are gonna be a lot of distractions that come up and, and this is something that I faced two years ago, it's something I faced last year, something I even face right now, but I think I've become better now at putting the distractions aside and really trying to focus in. Um, so when you get to a certain level, when you start making moves, um, you're always going to have opportunities around you that you can capitalize upon. 
So it's worth noting that there's always a time to say no, there's always a time to say yes, and being able to prioritize the current projects you're working on, especially if you really believe in them, is a skill that you will need to develop. And then the third and final thing is an advice that I think has very much affected my life, which is your net worth is your network. Um, focus as much of your time, not just on building your business, but on trying to build up a strong network. Um, the most organic way, in my opinion, of doing that is by interviewing people. So if you want to start a podcast, record it even on GarageBand and export SoundCloud, do it in the most scrappy way if need be. You don't need to go out and buy $200 mics right off the bat. If you want to write articles, go on to Medium, go on to LinkedIn, and find time to interview other people. I think 99% of people love talking about themselves. I am exhibit A. It is yeah. far easier, I think, to be able to reach out to someone and get them to say yes to an interview than get them to say yes to a coffee. So instead of taking time away from someone, I think it's always great being able to create the foundation of a relationship upon you giving value to them by interviewing them. So that's definitely something I would do if I was looking to grow my network is interview people, follow up with people, make sure you value your network, make sure you're not just trying to reach the next person, the next person, the next person. Um, invest time in really caring for your network. I love it. Those are all, those are all very good takeaways. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. Those are, thank I like that. Yeah. There was no limit on the amount of advice. So I, I, I'm glad you went into all those. Um, and then the last question that I always ask, um, because I always find that people that are high performance individuals in a company, entrepreneur, whatever, they always have sources of knowledge. So it could be podcasts, audibles, could be mentors, people they love mm -hmm. listening to. What, what have you learned from or what are you learning from now um, that you think would uh, be relevant for someone else to look into? Yeah, I, I think I'm not a big reader, sadly. I, uh, I, however, am a big watcher. I don't know if that's a word, um, but I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I watch a lot of movies. I, I consume a lot of content that way. Um, I think the thing that I'm learning right now that perhaps I, I wasn't learning as much two, three years ago um, is I think appreciating appreciating your your surroundings. I think that's a big thing that my co-founder, especially is Tommy. Um, he's from the West Coast. He's from Vancouver. They have water and mountains and all sorts of beautiful things there. We don't tend to have that. I think in Toronto. Um, no, no, we don't. <laughs> or, or that matter where I grew up, Chief. Um, so it's been neat just being able to chat with him and understand, you know, how to be able to go outside and take a take a take a quick 10, yeah. 15 minute walk to reset, you know, being able to understand your surroundings and appreciate it. I think now more than ever, given the fact that we're all quarantined, we're starting to even appreciate it more um, because we take things like that, I think, for granted. And in moments like this where you're kind of forced to stay inside, make you realize how blessed you were to just be able to go outside and, you know, sit down for dinner with your friends and, and stuff like that hopefully won't be undervalued going forward. Yeah, definitely. And I think that also is something that, um, you know, we sort of touched on it before the mental health and, and always being in front of a screen and always being on like simple things that I think our parents were more accustomed to not always having a, a, a second screen in front of them um, and grandparents yeah. like we have to sort of uh, bring those things back a little bit because I listen, it's so easy to be on your phone or computer like 24 seven right now. So very true. Very true. Yeah. Um, that, those are all the questions I had, man. I, I really appreciate the chat. I think we, uh, we really uncovered a, a lot, especially about TrueFan and, and some of the insights you had. I think the only thing that I, I wanted to uh, know was if people wanted to get in touch with you or TrueFan, uh, where would they go? Definitely. If you're interested in TrueFan, you can go on our website, TrueFan, T-R-U-F-A-N dot I-O. Um, if you wanted to reach out to us directly, just reach out over email to info at TrueFan dot I-O. Um, and then for me, uh, Twitter is probably the easiest way to reach me. I think uh, LinkedIn, I kind of get a bit overwhelmed with my inbox sometimes. Um, and Instagram, I don't really check my message requests as often. So Twitter, where I don't really have much of following, and I still do check it for the news. Um, I think it's the best way to reach me. You can reach me at GoSwish, G-O-S-W-I-S-H. Um, and even if you decide to reach out to me on other platforms, if you just say, hey, I listened to this podcast and really liked it or whatever, or I hated it, you can even tell me that. That's not a problem. Um, I will tell me respond. that too, because then I'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a good, some good feedback. Yeah, exactly. But no, I will reach out. I will like, you know, it might take me a bit of time, but I 100% will reach out because uh, I do try to get back to people as soon as possible. 
No, I really appreciate it. And like, you know, it's, uh, you've done a lot and you're a very busy, very busy person, but it, it, it is, you know, you sort of practice what you preach. And um, even when I just, you know, cold emailed at a nowhere, um, I've seen your stuff on LinkedIn for a long time and uh, I appreciate what you're doing and you were, you were very willing to jump on. So uh, I really do appreciate that, man. Thank you. No worries. Thank you for having me. This is great. Love the conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, likewise. All right, so that's all I got. So this has been another episode of the Sales versus Marketing Podcast. Um, as always, if you haven't already, please uh, like, subscribe, uh, comment, and rate the podcast. Share it with your uh, friends, family, peers, coworkers. Um, any rating's fine as long as it includes five stars. And you can <laughs> download and stream this podcast wherever you can download podcasts. You can also catch it on YouTube as well. So as always, have a great. Uh, week. Have a productive week and we'll speak again soon. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Sales versus Marketing Podcast brought to you by ROI Overload. Delivering strategy, technology, and insights to both sales and marketing leaders and teams globally. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 